to another edition of Coaching with the Bible. This week, the fourth in our series of Passover-related topics, because Passover is upon us. I hope you're doing well. This is episode 134, season three, episode 25. And if last week we started to discussion on slavery, this week we'll talk about freedom. Sorry, no quote from Morpheus to start, but you know that quote from Morpheus last week was just perfect. And that uh, playing it with Morpheus himself saying it only makes it any better. And so let's begin to discuss freedom. The holiday of Passover is the holiday of the redemption and the freedom of the people of Israel from the land of Egypt after an extended period of slavery and oppression at the hands of the pharaohs and the Egyptians. And the question that we want to focus in on is, what does it mean to be free? How is it that a person expresses uh, their freedom? What can we do to bring more freedom into our own lives? And like I've said over the last couple of weeks, this is a topic I think that's worthy of a conversation all the time, but it's certainly one of those topics that can certainly be the subject of the table on the holiday of Passover or really any holiday that is upon us right now, Easter, Ramadan, whatever it is, you in your home with your family, with your spouse, with yourself, with your children, with your friends can have conversations around these subjects, exploring deeply what a slavery, what a slavery of the mind like we talked about last week, the prison of the mind that we find ourselves in on occasion, how we get out of that. And on the same, on the flip side of that is the freedom. What does it mean to have freedom of the mind, freedom of the body, freedom of the soul? How are those things different? How does it change? What are we doing about it to improve? And so it's important for us to appreciate then, first off, of course, is at its core, at its root, at its source, the freedom itself. Where does freedom emanate from? Where does freedom begin? What is freedom about? So we can appreciate that in the same way that we talked prior about the idea that a person can be you know, free in body and a slave in the mind or free in the mind and a slave in the body. So obviously the flip side of that is freedom, freedom of the mind, the ability to think freely, the ability to have opinions, the ability to come up with thoughts and questions and answers and narrative, perhaps even choices in the mind, developing one's own philosophy and approach to life. Even if at the same time that that's happening, the person is physically oppressed, is the subject of beatings, slavery, imprisonment, anything like that. If you've ever read any of the works of Natan Sharansky in Fear No Evil, when he talks about the experience in his life when he's spending years and years in the gulag, and while physically he's there and it's difficult, in his mind, he talks about the idea that in his mind he is free. They could not take his mind. And so that's sort of the question that we want to delve into and think about is what does it mean to be free? How is it that a person is free? 
What do we do about gaining more freedom in our own lives? It's a great quote that I saw from the author of The Little Prince, Antoine de Saint, I'm going to butcher this name, Zupéry, who said, I know but one freedom, and that is the freedom of the mind. Or another quote that I saw, which I think is sort of related, the freedom of the mind is the beginning of all other freedoms. Because in space of the freedom of the mind, the ability for a person to think, ability to choose, to decide, gives them the space to separate between what's going on to them in their being and to actually live in that space. Read the writings of Mandela and talks about his time in prison and how he spent his time in prison. That he was physically a prisoner, but emotionally, mentally, psychologically, spiritually, he was not a prisoner. He talks about the long walk to freedom. And we have to then for ourselves think about that as well. For a minute, just think about a moment of freedom that you've experienced in your life. Maybe it's financial freedom. Maybe it's a psychological separation from something that was devastating to you, that was holding you back, and now you feel free. Maybe it's a sense of sort of an accomplishment intellectually, and so you feel like you've moved into a different sphere and a different stratosphere in your mind. And so you've gained the level of freedom by virtue of the fact that you have learned and spent time on it. Or physically, the idea perhaps that you're now physically free, you've been, you've been freed from some sort of debilitating illness, some sort of an injury that's, hold, that's been holding you back. What level of satisfaction, contentment, joy, pleasure comes to you in having that freedom returned or restored to you that was either purposefully or accidentally taken away from you during the course of your life. And so the question we want to then pose to ourselves is to think about how do we get to more freedom? How do we get to more freedom? And so I was thinking about how I would could have coached this situation. So what would I do uh, with a person if I'm working with somebody who, who is just not you know, not experiencing freedom. Where would I go with them? How would I do that? What am I thinking about? What am I talking about? So I would ask them a series of questions. I would begin with the following first question. What does freedom mean to you? You can distinguish between freedom and liberty. You can distinguish between freedom and all kinds of other things. But I would start with that question. What does freedom mean? What's the definition for you as a person of freedom? And not just in words, but describe it. Experience freedom. Share the experience with me so I can understand and hear from you the sounds of what freedom feels like from you. Or beyond that even, if a person isn't free, what that freedom would feel like if it was there. Explore it. Explore the first day of your never-ending time of freedom. 
And then I would move into a question about what are the barriers to your freedom? So like we talked about last week, sort of the limiting belief issue. What are the things that are holding you back from experiencing more freedom in your life? There's so many things that fit into this space. Like we talked about it last week, but let's bring it up again. The sort of learned harmfulness that we put into our systems, the limiting beliefs, the assumptions or the presumptions that we have about ourselves with the sense perhaps that we don't deserve to have freedom. It's not our right to be free, even though we know that governments and democracies and the free world do their best to try at least to protect our freedoms, that the tenets of liberal democracies are the tenets of freedom, that people who live under oppression or in, in, in situations with governments that are dictatorships are seeking that level of freedom, that wanting to taste the freedom that others have. But for ourselves in our own lives, what are the barriers? What are the things that are holding us back? Explore them with me. What are they? What's the first thing that's holding you back from experiencing more freedom in your life? Then I might ask the question of what, are, what actions then, based on what you just described, can, I, can you take to create more priority, more freedom, sorry, more freedom in your life? How does that work? And in the space of that conversation, go deeper a little bit more on a person's values and priorities. When a person appreciates what their own values are, their deepest values, what their deepest priorities are in life, and they can explore those, those priorities, those values fit into the freedom because if they had the ability to live in the space of their values and in the priorities, they would feel an immense lift and an amazing space of freedom in their world on a day-to-day -day basis and a much, much just happier existence overall. And so I would discuss with the person, what are your deepest values? I've talked before here in Coaching with the Bible, the idea that there's certain exercises and certain work that person can do to get to their core values. There are two or three deepest, most core fundamental root values about who they are. The same thing with their priorities. What are their fundamental priorities in life? We can live in that space all the time, working on those things, experiencing those things, being inside those values and those priorities. We would feel that our life was freer. And so here we've then done, sort of done four, four questions, right? Four questions, nicely done by me. What does freedom mean to you? What are the barriers to your freedom? What are your values and your priorities? What actions can you take to create more freedom in your life? You can develop actionable steps that a person can now be mindful and conscious and paying attention to and intentional about their actions and their activities that are moving towards getting a greater sense and a greater reality of freedom in their own life. And then how do you maintain that over the course of time? What am I doing now that's not just a one-hit moment that I have freedom in my world, but it's over time? And so from an actionable standpoint, if we want to think about actionable steps that a person can take, the first thing I would say is to begin to figure out how to set proper boundaries 
in life. Boundaries between work and private life, uh, boundaries between physical activity and mental exercises, intellectual exercises, whatever those things are, scheduling breaks to get up, to go outside, to exercise, right? That's the first one is setting the boundaries. Number two, I would work with the person on developing a plan of personal self-care. Person taking care of themselves physically and mentally, have more energy, more focus, the ability to tackle more work and more activity and more action, more goals, more accomplishment, more achievement, more success. And so it sort of ignites that path towards freedom. Number three, I would talk in the space of figuring out how to get actionable around delegation. A lot of the time with people, especially big, high-performing high leaders, or not high-performing leaders, just a person in their own lives, they feel the need or the sense that they have to do everything. And so getting into a space of appreciating, where can I delegate and how can I delegate properly and how can I teach inside that delegation and allow the person who I'm delegating to to experience success in it so that now that's no longer a priority of mine, well, now I've freed up some time in my life. And we have that sometimes where a meeting gets canceled and suddenly we have a free hour in our world. It's like the greatest gift, right? You suddenly have an hour back. What do you do with it? How do you spend that hour? What could you do with that hour that would feel like the freest thing in the world? So we have setting boundaries, practicing delegation, prioritizing self-care. We talk about building a support network as a great way to do this network of friends and family and colleagues who can help and create and put into the environment and put into the into the ether of this person about doing these things in their lives to take back control to gain the freedom that they're seeking in their own lives that would be four things that would be amazing and the last one though perhaps the most important is talks back into what we talked about before is making decisions based on values and priorities once the person, this person, you or me or whoever it is, has determined what those things are, so some of the decision-making gets easier. Some of the anxiety and stress and pressure around some of the decisions that were being made disappears because now I'm operating based on my values. So let's say a core value of mine is integrity. Possible. And so... I'm going to make my decisions based on integrity. So A, when it happens, I stress less because now I'm always operating on integrity. I'm going to feel better about my decisions. I'm living into my integrity. I'm creating some more air to breathe because now integrity is ruling the day and stuff that is inhibiting or prohibiting my ability to live and to breathe in the way that I want is moved out of my line of sight because I'm living in the right space. So these actionable steps and creating actionable steps based on those things really do help us begin to move into a space of success. Again, freedom is a core value. In faith, in the faith communities, there are a lot of ways in which we try to um, establish and create institutional foundational freedoms wherever possible. A lot of that has to do with more of a sense of covenant and sort of a horizontal situation. Rabbi Sachs talks about this in his book, 
uh, ceremony and celebration when he talks about the different holidays and around the holiday of Passover, that when the people of Israel passed from being slaves to the pharaohs in Egypt to being the subjects of God, the term in Hebrew that's used is exactly the same word, so then there has to be a difference. And at core at the difference is covenant, education, but really very much, much more so is responsibility, and then that level of what I'll call horizontal accountability, which he mentions and I mentioned before here as well. When you're responsible and accountable across the spaces to other people and you're making sure that their freedoms are in place, and that they are taken care of, they have the ability to make choices, they have the ability to make decisions, they have the ability to live the life that they want, then, then we're really living inside of freedom. Mandela has said, for to be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. And so when we're taking care of other people's freedoms, we actually experience more freedom on our own. And it's not so much that then we're relying on governments or institutions of of country, but we're relying on the trust, accountability, and responsibility of every citizen and every person one to another, which is much more powerful, much deeper, much, much more meaningful, and perhaps, perhaps, if and when possible, much more long-lasting from generation to generation. Obviously, that has to be taught. That simply doesn't just happen. That has to be part of education, which Rabbi Sachs talks about and others do as well. We stop educating around freedom or liberty. We stop teaching people what the tenets of those things are. And we take it for granted is when we begin to lose it. And so we have to practice and put into place the notion that freedom is not some sort of a luxury. That as much as we want it to be a right and a given right, it is something that we have to work on consistently and regularly whether that's communally, societally, or even just individually. And there are actionable steps that we can take on a day-in and day-out basis to be way more intentional about our lives, to live into a space of greater freedom of the body, freedom of the soul. And if we're going to parallel off of last week's uh, slavery of the mind, then freedom of the mind. And I'll end with a quote, as always. This comes from a gentleman by the name of B.R. Ambedkar. I'm not sure who that is exactly, but I think it's a great quote. It really works for us here. Freedom of mind is the real freedom. A person whose mind is not free, though he may not be in chains, is a slave, not a free man. One whose mind is not free, though he may not be in prison, is a prisoner and not a free man. One whose mind is not free, though alive, is no better than dead. Freedom of mind is the proof of one's existence. That is Coaching with the Bible for this week. Coaching with, the, coaching with the Seder, Coaching with Passover is now complete four weeks in a row. This will be our podcast for the week, so don't expect one on Friday. This is our one for the week. Wishing those celebrating holidays this week. Happy holidays. Enjoy them. Enjoy the people that you're celebrating with. Look forward to seeing you next week with more of Coaching with the Bible.